0: When my son cried, I didn't feel a warm pull to nurture him. Instead, I felt stricken by terror, down to my very bones. Hey there, I'm Claire. I'm the founder of the Heroic Mama Revolution, a space for moms in active recovery who desire to find their purpose and give their gifts in greatest service to the world. If you want to feel inspired, love your life, and leave a legacy you can be proud of, this is the place for you. Here we celebrate and honor the journey, the evolution, and the actualization of our heroic potential. From rock bottom to radiant exemplars of the best within ourselves, it's time for a revolution. Let's dive right in. Hey mama. Welcome back to the Heroic Mama Revolution, Episode 2. In Episode 1, I shared a bit of my story, and today I want to dig a little deeper into my experience as a new mom. As I've learned over these years of healing, the only way to move forward is to acknowledge and give space to the full expression of our memories, and often the greatest healing bomb is in sharing our story because it is through that act of bravery that we learn that we are not alone in episode one I shared that as a new mom I was given the diagnosis of postpartum oppression postpartum anxiety and PTSD and Sometimes I wonder, like, what I, what do you have to do to sit in a therapist's office and check all of the boxes to receive those diagnoses? What is that? What do all of those labels mean in your everyday life? Um, I'm going to do my best today to convey uh, the lived experience behind those labels and my journey fully in them, in my darkness, and the path and choices I made to come through them. So I'll start way back at the beginning. Um... I would not call myself an instinctual mother. I, my son did not come into this world and I just knew what to do. Breastfeeding did not come natural to me. Diaper changing did not come natural to me. But more than anything, it felt that the nurturing didn't come natural to me. And the most poignant and painful of that lack of nurturing was when my son cried. In all the parenting books and in everyone that I had ever talked to about parenting and the grandmothers and the mothers, there was this underlying understanding that we may struggle with crying babies in general, but when it came to a child that came from our very body, there was a connection, there was a difference uh, in that experience and we would have these hormones that would just rush through our body and we would look on our child with loving eyes and feel a strong pull to nurture and care for them. And my experience could not have been different, more different than that. In fact, when my son cried, the sound pierced through my body. My chest would pang and tighten. My breathing would become shallow. from the very first time he cried. Not only was this the physical experience, but the mental anguish that went along with this of what's wrong with me? Why don't I feel that way? I'm broken. And if anybody knew, if anybody found out that I didn't feel that way, that I struggled so deeply, they would take my son away from me. So my operating, the way that I operate in the world was lie. Hide. Pretend. Smile. Don't let them see you break. Don't let anyone know. So I never shared, and I never spoke up. And the pain became worse. My son would cry and cry and cry and every time my chest would get tighter my mind would race I would bounce him and then I would notice I would be bouncing him a little harder with the mantra, please just stop please just stop I would pat him on his back and bounce and walk. Please just stop. Please, please, I'm begging you, please just stop. The bouncing would get harder. The tapping would get stronger There was this frantic energy that was running throughout my whole body, my mind. This needs to stop, this needs to stop. The urge to scream welled up inside of me. My hands began to grasp tighter and tighter and tighter. until with horror I sat my son in his bassinet took a step back and looked at my hands. And, How could I? How could I? Staring at my hands as they shake, knowing that if I had held my son just a little longer, I could have hurt him. Leaving my son in the bassinet, I go outside to my backyard, and I just want to scream. And I open my mouth, but i nothing comes out. I can't. Someone might hear. And what would they think? I would calm myself down enough enough that i didn't feel on the edge of screaming or shaking my baby or throwing something and i would go back inside and i would pick my son up and i would cry and i would say i'm so sorry i'm so so sorry My entire days became filled with trying to make sure that nothing ever happened that would make him cry. I lived on this constant edge of terror, afraid of what would happen, of what I would do if my son cried again. If he fell asleep when I was walking, I just kept walking. I didn't want him to wake up. These were my days and nights, day in, day out, fear, terror, very little love. Survival was all I was capable of. At my six-week check-in, I wrestled up the bravery to check the yes box on that piece of paper that they give you of all of the symptoms, physical and otherwise. Yes, no. Yes, no. And for my entire life, it had always been, no, nothing's wrong, I'm fine. Nothing's wrong. But there was something in me that knew. That knew if I didn't get help, my son and I were in danger. And so that day I checked that yes box. Have you been having depression? Experiencing depression? And while I didn't really think that depression was the full answer to what I was experiencing it was the only question on there about your mental health so I checked yes at that time my doctor was not only my care provider but she was also a friend who I had spent quite a bit of time with in the year prior to getting pregnant and then through the pregnancy When she came in for my checkup and she asked the routine questions and she saw that I had checked yes on my mental health question, she looked at me and said, Claire, you've never said anything. Everything always seemed to be fine when I came to the house. I don't know how to say anything else other than I'm fine or I'm good. Later during therapy I could reflect and think of the family within within which I was raised where the women did not ever say anything other than I'm fine and everything's good. I think now on my grandmother who wore her hair coiffed and her makeup perfect in her outfit just so, even for her husband's funeral. She looked the same on that day as she did every other day that I'd ever known her. And my mother, she fought her way through cancer and all of the experimental treatments would say at school pickups, I'm fine, things are great, we're doing okay, even though there was blood spotting around the toilet from where she'd thrown up after treatment that afternoon. I was raised in a family where weakness was never shown not within your family unit, and most definitely never to the world. I don't know how to say anything else. But I am so broken. I'm trying to learn how. that day in my appointment she gave me the card for a therapist's office that the clinic partnered with which was in the next town over i got home from my appointment and i called no answer so i left a voicemail things at home continued to worsen the darkness was creeping in more and more and more, taking over every aspect of my life, where I was never at peace. I was always on alert, vigilant. I never got a call from that therapist's office. And the next week, I knew that this help that I needed wasn't just a nicety, it was a necessity. I loaded my son up into their car and I drove to the address on that card, determined to see somebody. I get to the office, unpack my son, and head into the building and I roam that building until finally I see someone and I ask for the therapist's office. And the woman says, they're not here anymore. They shut down and left a while ago and I don't know where they went. In that moment felt like utter defeat. After having put myself out there to ask for help for the first time in my life to the darkness that was swelling and taking over my life, it just felt crushing. I got back to the car and just began to cry. The tears began to flow and they didn't stop. The noise and the energy and the sound disturbed my son and he began to cry too. As I was driving home, I drove past a sign that said, new therapist office, just opened. It was an old grocery store that they'd converted into a therapy office. I pulled into the parking lot and went inside. I went up to the front desk and said I needed an appointment. I said let us look at the schedule. I think we can get you in in a couple weeks. And right there in that therapist's office in front of complete strangers, I broke down. I said, I don't know if I'll be here in a couple weeks. And thankfully the woman working the front desk was also a mom. And she saw me and my young son And she made what happened what needed to happen happen for me to have an appointment the next day for the next 24 hours it was just survive just make it to that appointment and you'll be okay and after that first appointment I got signed up to go to therapy three times a week. And for those first few months, it was, just make it to your next appointment. Just make it to your next appointment. Living in 48 hour increments. That was all I could handle. And in therapy, I learned tools. And strategies. I did what seems like insane things to try and make my way through those emotions and those feelings that would come up when my son would cry. The emotional and mental feelings, but also the physiological experience. Of that trigger that when my son would cry and I would feel my body begin to tighten and this energy start to race and my hands to shake and tighten I would put my son down and on my floor in the middle of my living room on my beautiful hardwood floors I took masking tape and created a ladder. If you've ever run in a gym or done athletics, it's that ladder that you put on the floor and do different foot exercises up and down the ladder. And I would do reps on the ladder, and then I would check in with a deep breath and ask myself, where am I? Am I calm? No? Run it again run it again run it again i would do a combination of ladder runs and push-ups and burpees something physical and intense to try and dissipate the energy and then i would sit and then i was regulated enough to do the deep breathing to do the tapping, to do the mantras and affirmations. When I first started out, this process took me anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour to feel fully calm and regulated. But I could do it. And every day that I did this work, where I released the valve and let that energy out in a proactive manner. Where I calmed my nervous system through deep breathing and tapping. And where I began to work on my mind with mantras and affirmations. That time got smaller and smaller. From an hour to half an hour, to 15 minutes, to five minutes, to two minutes, to now, with my son at four years old, when he has a big expression of emotions and a tantrum, it's a few deep breaths most days. Maybe it's putting my feet up the wall, or listening to a meditation, or taking myself outside for a few moments. What I hope by sharing that story is that if you feel that way, if you feel like mothering doesn't come instinctually to you, it does not mean that you are a bad mother. Most times, in fact, it means that we have a very, a very hurt inner child who needs a mother themselves. But what I hope most is that this is a beacon of hope. That although it seems that we cannot look to our system to save us, it is possible for us to come together as women, as individuals, as mothers in a sacred community and find healing and strength and courage and bravery here together. As mothers, we carry within our bodies the very fabric with which our future will be woven. And I believe that within our souls, we carry the strongest and most resilient form of hope. I want to encourage you to reach out, to share your story, and to become a beacon of light for other mothers in the darkness. I believe that if we heal the mothers, we will heal the world. Hey, Mama. Thanks for tuning in today. I'd like to invite you to join me over on Instagram, at Heroic Mama Revolution. Tag me in a screenshot of the episode you listened to with your biggest ahas or something you enjoyed. Send me a message in my DMs. I would love to connect. And until next time, remember that you already are the hero of your story. You just need to start believing it.